0: This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown-up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. Hey everyone, this is Trish, and I got my partner Kate sitting right next to me. Yeah, we're together again. Woo! Woohoo! hoo Uh... And we, it's award season, and we have a movie we've been dying to talk about, but uh, for various reasons, we hadn't talked about it yet, probably because we know it will get into some pretty heavy topics, but uh, we have wanted to discuss A Star is Born for various reasons. For ages. Yeah. For ages. Since it came out. Yeah. But we've been procrastinating. Plus, we were going to have some spoilers, so we didn't want to ruin that either. So, like I said, a multitude of reasons why we've put it off, and now it, we decided it is the time. Yes. Because if you haven't seen Star is Born, why haven't you? Seriously.
1: So let this be your warning. Spoilers for Star is Born ahead. Um, If you have not seen the movie, might be best to stop listening now until you've seen it. But seriously, what are you doing? Stop what you're doing and go see the movie. It's so amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, what was the main reason you wanted to talk about it?
1: Um, I mean, aside from the absolutely stunning performance by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, who absolutely blew me away in every minute that they were on screen, um, I thought that the plot itself was just such a, I mean, it was
0: such a captivating story. Yeah, I, mean, I think I've heard different, different, uh... Like I listened to a couple podcasts and they talked about it and kind of bashed it a little bit. And I was like, that wasn't... It was funny because I was like screaming at my phone while I'm listening to the podcast. Like, that's not how I took it at all. Um, I haven't heard a single bad thing about it, to be perfectly honest. Well, the honest. one I was listening to, they weren't really... It wasn't really bad, but they were just talking about how he was so envious of her career because his was going down. And I did feel like his was declining. I never felt like he was not anything but lifting her up. He just wanted her to stay true to who she was. Not yeah. that he was jealous. I felt like he wanted so her to So from what be-
1: I understand, the previous A Star Is Born movies, right. that's the idea. Exactly. The The man in those movies is jealous. And they said, Bradley and Lady Gaga said, during the press runs before the movie came out, that, that, that they were taking it a different direction. Yeah. And I never saw it as he was... I mean, there was like that little moment when she first announced that she was going to be on SNL or something. Um... like she came back and announced it and he was like having a party in the room and he was like a little kind of almost seemed a little salty about it but he got over it really fast like in that moment he got over it because like then they kicked everybody out they were like playing with food or whatever I mean I don't really remember but yeah I mean he
0: also wanted her to do something with her and she couldn't do it because of what was going on and yeah but yeah I never really felt like He felt threatened or was disappointed. I mean, no. I almost felt like he was fine with his career winding down on, on a certain level. Not that that's what he wanted, but he was... He str- was happy he for was struggling her. struggling with so many other issues that... Yeah.
1: Um, no, I mean, he pretty clearly just wanted her to succeed, which I think is what led to that ending that it had. I mean, yeah. he obviously or, thought...
0: That it would be better for her.
1: Yeah, she would be more successful if he was out of the picture, like a depressed person thinks.
0: Yes, we can talk about that later. Um, but when I when, when I first went and saw it, I was just like so mesmerized because you can tell Lady Gaga loves what she does and absolutely. is passionate about everything she does, and it just, absolutely it translates to the screen. Like when you're watching her, it's mesmerizing because she loves what she does. Uh, she's so passionate but there were so many themes that were like I could just think about so many different things like you know not just the love relationship but friendships and uh, family she had you know kind of an interesting relationship with her dad who was an alcoholic and um, no his wife was an alcoholic her mom was an alcoholic her dad was an alcoholic Oh, I thought her dad was a recovered alcoholic. That was my take I
1: took I took it as her mom was an alcoholic. Oh. So I mean, but that let's talk about that for a second, because that was some so there was some really amazing and clever shots in this movie. And one of them is when she gets back after her first night with Bradley Cooper and her dad is asking her about it and she's like, He's he's a he's a drinker, he's an alcoholic. You know about that. And then as she runs up the stairs behind the dad that you didn't see before mm-hmm. is a is his wedding picture. Mhm. And that says all you need to say. There was no exposition needed. Like there there was no like clunky dialogue about you know what that's like because of mom. Like it was so clear because of the clever way that they did the shot.
0: Mhm.
1: And there was shots like that all throughout the movie that told well, you what you needed to know. at the very beginning,
0: when he's driving around looking for a bar, and I didn't notice it till the second time I There's saw it. There's a scene. of someone hanging, or a noose. It's, it's a noose. noose. It's oh, a yeah, billboard someone... that
1: has nooses behind him.
0: Yeah. That made me want to throw up the second time I saw it, and I was just like, ugh.
1: I mean, I noticed it right away, mostly because the nooses were over a rainbow pride flag. Uh-huh. So I'm sure that the billboard was supposed to be like, some. there was supposed to be some sort of statement there, but... The symbolism, or yeah, foreshadowing—I guess is the word right. that I'm looking for. Um, really, I mean, yeah, uh, there's so many amazing shots in that movie. So much. Yeah, I mean, of, he did a great job as the, a director. He did sure. an amazing job. Yeah, I mean, hands <laughs> down. So um, glad that it's nominated for so much.
0: Yes, and I also. Well and I thought it had a lot to say about that idea of just trying to fill a void, but you don't know what the void is or why it's there. I mean, in his in his story you had some reasons why the void would be there, but like that happens. Like you you have a void and you think you're gonna fill it with all these things and none of those things actually satisfy it or fill it. Mm-hmm and trying like that was another thing that I really thought about. It was like, I came out of that movie just, I don't know what was going on with me that day, but I mean, I just felt like I wanted to just like write about what I had seen because I felt so emotional about it. And so, um, just yeah. Overwhelmed with a lot of emotion and just all the different things it was kind of covering, but maybe I'm giving it too much credit. I don't know. I don't
1: think so. I think you're giving it (laughs) not enough. Um, crap there was something I was gonna say um oh one of the takeaways that I had from it too that I thought was really really interesting um it it really highlighted the differences between like what a woman has to do to be successful in the entertainment industry and what a man can do um I know that Lady Gaga in particular has talked about this in her personal career how she was constantly in the early stages being pushed to be more sexy like how The cover of her first album, which was just a picture of her face, wasn't sexy enough that it wasn't going to sell anything. And how she talked about she would just sit in like meetings and cry because she felt like she was being pushed to be something that she wasn't, that she didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that same pressure exists for male artists. It does in a different way. But I don't think that it's it's as intense. And I think that that was shown really well in this movie because from the get, she was pushed. To do these dances, have this backup dancing crew, wear these things, dye her hair, all these things. I mean, in the very beginning, the reason she wasn't picked up is because they didn't like the look of her. Versus Bradley Cooper's character, and to be fair, this was the end of his career. I don't know what it was like at the beginning, but he looked like he never showered. Ever. He just always looked grimy and dirty, and that's like... Right, but he was already
0: successful. Yeah, sure, but I mean... It's different, yeah. It, he he yeah. had a singer-songwriter look, let's just say, and if you want to make it as a pop Women star. Women have to be sexy. Or if someone decides that you're going to be a pop star, then, then you've got to have a certain look. I just thought that
1: while there was no blatant commentary around that, I thought that they did a good job of kind okay. of showcasing what that can look like for people in the entertainment industry. So, How, well done.
0: how many female uh, studio radio executives do you think there are? I have no idea. Not a lot. Yeah, I mean I don't know either. I'm sure it's not a lot, right? I mean I don't know. Uh, well that's one thing, but I was even thinking, I don't know, just the whole idea of that someone decides how what the music we're gonna listen to is and like there's that, that yeah. thing.
1: I don't like that. There's so much good music out there. Thank God for Spotify.
0: Yeah, I mean I think independent music there's there's definitely ways to hear other music, but if you listen to mainstream radio, it, it's hard. But I guess it's just yeah. like the same with independent movies or whatever. Totally but anyways, true. sidetracked just a little bit. But yeah, um and then was there anything else aside from the that you really wanted to cover or just the main topic of depression and Suicide.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think part of the reason we put off discussing A Star is Born is because we knew we were going to get to talking about suicide. uh, Yeah. Because you can't talk about that movie and avoid it.
0: Yeah, and I was really surprised that there was not a single... I mean, I guess it would have been a spoiler, but there was... That came out of nowhere for me, and I guess... I, I mean, I feel dumb saying that because I know the other movies had... You know, the character died at the end, for the most part, except for, I think, one version. Um, How did they die? I've never seen so, any of the other ones, to be um, fair. You know, I read an article about it, just to refresh, because I'd only seen one or two of them. One, one gets in a car accident, and so it's like, did they or did they not? One walks into the ocean, and the other one, th- they didn't die, I believe. I could be wrong. And it's but- always
1: the man? The man, because he's so upset about the fact that his career is over?
0: Um, it is possible one of them nice. had it the other way. It was the woman and the man uh, became successful. We should have researched that again because I Who don't Who cares? We're going to talk now. about
1: Lady Gaga. Let's be real. She <laughs> but, anyways,
0: it. it just. And maybe it was more like. I felt like it was very graphic. Like, there was no question. No. One, he was committing suicide. I totally agree. And it was very. The music and everything that was happening, especially after that guy came and lied to him, like, it was just yeah. so intense.
1: I had a very. Um, yeah the very visceral reaction to it like yeah. v- extremely um, and I also felt the same way like how was there no mostly to me not necessarily that I felt like the movie theater should have some sort of warning but like I you know um, this is going to say a lot about my character but I spend a lot of time on Tumblr and things like that And Tumblr usually kind of, when a movie comes out that they feel like needs a trigger warning, like a lot of people where we blog, like, trigger warning for this. Usually in regards to, like, the flashing lights for anyone who might have epilepsy because a lot of movie theaters miss that. Um, But I still was really surprised that in everything that I saw about the movie on Tumblr, about how great it was, nobody said, hey, be careful. Um, Because it was so graphic to me.
0: Yeah, I felt, like, overwhelmed by it. I was... First of all, there's a book called um, The Dogs of Bab- Babylon. Ugh. No, Dogs of Babel. Yeah. and Great book. A great book. And the man is trying to figure out what happened to his wife who fell out of a tree and passed. And spoiler alert, it turns out that after all of it, he figures out that she committed suicide. And one of Should the Should we ways- have just ruined
1: that ending? I know we said spoiler alert, but I feel like people might want to read it and we just kind of... Took that away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you know. Too late to
1: go back now. <laughs>
0: I feel like the book that, is still worth reading, even if you is, know that ending. It's a very good book. I've uh, for a while I was reading it every year, but I think you, as the reader, know. But he just needs to understand, and he's sort of in denial. I mean, I think that's part of the plot line, anyways, um, because he can't figure out why she cooked a steak beforehand, and and then he at some point he realizes that she cooked the steak to give it to the dog because the dog uh, would be prevent, she wouldn't be able to do it if the dog was out there watching her fall from the tree or jump from the tree or whatever. Um, And so as soon as I saw that flipping steak in A Star is Born, (laughs) I started crying. Like, I like, oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen, which obviously if I knew the history of the movie, I should have known that. But just in the way that it happened, I was sad for the dog and everything too. And so, um, yeah, the dog was. There. I mean, that's almost what
1: made it too far. <laughs> like in the it, when it goes back, and you see him kind of swinging in through the garage, and the dog is there whining, trying to get in. I that know. that was the part that crossed the line for me. Like, I didn't. I could have dealt with everything else that Bradley Cooper chose to do. You see him closing the garage door. You see him with the belt in his hand. You know what's going to happen. Of course, at this point, I'm already sobbing. Like, just uh, I am a wreck in the theater. And then to flash back and hear the dog whining and see, like, I I almost walked out. I almost couldn't, like, physically handle it. it yeah, was... I
0: was crying. Like, I was sobbing. And uh, I was covering my mouth because I knew I was I was literally ugly crying loud. Oh,
1: me too. And, I was the loudest
0: person in that theater. And, uh, yeah, I was like, why is no one else crying? I was like, <laughs> I am. And Dad was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I, I'll be fine. And then... And then we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then my friend was like, "I don't have anyone to go. Will you go see it?" And I'm like, "I already know what's going to happen. I'll be fine." And then you weren't fine. <laughs> I, I got up and left because I just was like, "Okay, this is coming. I'm already crying, so I'm gonna hit the road." Like I think that time I started before the even steak even the stake scene. Like I was like, "Yeah, I can't do this. I know." it's Well, I mean, coming it's like it's still... paired
1: with a song because she's singing "Shallow," and it's
0: was it "Shallow" she's singing at the time.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. She's singing "Shallow" because he was supposed to be there to sing it with her. Right. Oh my, but yeah, that was just, that was, that was, it was rough. It was hard to watch. It was so well shot and directed and acted. I mean, and then at the end when she's singing the song that he wrote for her, plus her own verse, and it flashes back to them the day he gets back from rehab and they're singing together and I just, I couldn't handle it, man. I couldn't handle it. I was a mess. And well, of course, it doesn't help that Lady Gaga and Brother Cooper are so obviously in love with each other. Like, that that was such... Like, that was... They weren't even acting. They just... They fell in love and we just were fortunate enough to watch it happen. Like, I mean, that yeah, made I mean, it even more of a wreck.
0: Don't believe that, but I will Those never Those people not, are wrong. <laughs> I will never not believe they're in love, but that's a whole different topic for a different day. Um, <laughs> we
1: could do a whole episode on... Let's break apart the evidence. <laughs> are they in love?
0: Them and the guy from Arrow and... The girl who plays Felicity. Oh, I have
1: personal evidence <laughs> from that. We anyway. don't have to get into that on the podcast because I don't need them suing me for slander or whatever, but let's just say I saw
0: some stuff when I was in Southern California. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, um, yeah, I I was a wreck. Both times I thought I could handle it, and I realized that was a lie that I told myself. Yeah.
1: Um, of course, <laughs> we part- did we the same thing. Um, of course, part of the reason is, it's a little personal for us. Yes, there's some stuff in our family history that uh, makes that a little harder to watch versus someone who might not have been affected by suicide. Particularly um, the way he chose to do it. Yes, made it very extra difficult for me. That's I mean I think that that's part of the reason when it showed him like hanging. I mean that just yes <sighs> became Kids. a little too difficult for me.
0: Kate's uncle, Stephen's brother, committed suicide when you were ten. Um, I was in sixth grade.
1: That's all that I. I don't know. I don't know how old I was, but I was definitely in sixth grade because I remember talking to my sixth grade teacher about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah, and yeah. It's always hard for me when Stephen and I go to movies like that when that's very graphic because I don't know what he's experiencing. Um, and he's so, I mean, nonverbal. about yeah. emotional stuff. He wouldn't talk about it anyways. So there's that, and surprisingly, that is in a lot of movies. I can, I mean, there are several movies we've watched where that happens, and I try and talk to him about it. We talked a lot about it this after this movie though, um, and it actually doesn't affect him uh, as much as it. I don't, I don't get upset with it because of what happened with his brother. That's what, uh, uh partially what upset Kate. Like ninety-five um, percent what upset me. It was, uh, it was a huge part of it. Yeah, and I just the whole idea of that kind of sadness affects me, I think more than thinking of a specific person. And there's various reasons why that doesn't for me, but, um, so yeah, it was harder for Kate to see that and deal with for that. For sure.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I went to the bathroom afterwards and like, was just crying in the stall and like my <laughs> yeah, roommate too. came in and was like, cause I went to see it with my roommate, Simone. She was like, are you okay? And I was like, uh, Killed himself, and it's kind of kind of weighing on me now. So, yeah,
0: yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's not anything you we've never talked about. So you weren't dealing with that. It was just like that memory was.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's. I mean, I hate to co-opt this word because I feel like it's not fair, and I don't have the problems that would justify using this word. But it's like triggering. Yeah, you know, I like totally brought me back to like. Being a little girl and getting that call in the middle of the night, and just everything that happened—I mean, like that's those memories are never going to go away. Those are like imprinted on my brain so clearly.
0: Yeah, I agree. Same for me uh, about that. Um, So we kind of wanted to also talk about depression and with with this. Yes. discussion of the movie a star is born because you can't talk about one without the other i guess um and i feel one of the things that i was really thinking about not i mean there are all kinds of statistics and all of that which i don't necessarily think are super important to discuss in this context but um you hear a lot about check-in call do the check-in and check I in don't on know, your friends yeah Uh, which I think is great. I think it's great that we're starting to talk about that, but the real thing is we have to get to a point where when you do check in, that person feels comfortable even talking about whatever they're feeling that might have them be considering suicide or whatever might be overwhelming them. A lot of times people don't know. There's not a thing you can pinpoint as to why they feel the way they do. Yeah. Um, And I think it's so hard uh, for society as a norm to accept that there's so many things that are good. Like It's hard to accept that someone could be so down that they think the option is to no longer be living.
1: It's definitely... um, For someone who's never struggled with depression or never struggled with those sorts of thoughts, that's a really, really hard thing to understand. I mean, I don't even know if you can really fully understand it.
0: Like, I don't... I think it just depends on your personality. Like, I think you can be an empathetic person and you could not be an empathetic person. I think it's easy for some people to put themselves in other another person's shoes. And I think for some people it's just unimaginable because they have this limited view and I mean, are, I are unable to... I
1: consider myself to be highly empathetic. I mean, mm-hmm. almost to the point where it's dangerous for me Um, and it's still really difficult for me to think that or to understand thinking like the world would be better off without me I can't as a mentally healthy person I can't understand really exactly what that is really like I'm not I and I'm not saying that in like a cold way because I understand completely that people do feel that way. I have sympathy for it. I just don't think I can empathize with it necessarily because I've never had those thoughts. Um and I feel like you have to kind of recognize that there's limitations to what that empathy can get you. You yeah. I, I don't I don't think that you can sit there if your friend is divulging these feelings with you and say, I understand how you feel, because you probably don't understand how they feel. Right. I mean, it's more important that you listen and totally help them in a different way than just saying I, I get it I get it because you well, don't well
0: I think even you can even if you've been there and felt that before it's a different circumstance and it's you feeling that for whatever reason like it's it's not it's similar but it's not the same I guess to me like I think no matter what your, your mental process is different when you know it's unique to you and how you're going through yeah, all that yeah that's also really true um one of the things yeah I think one of the things that I wrote down when we were talking about having this is that the the limits of society to comprehend desperation like not just depression but like desperate like you you need something to change you need uh, to feel hope and desperation is pretty much feeling like there is no hope or like this is your only way out of a situation that's really true that's really true it's a good way of putting it yeah and i think that's i mean that that holds true with so many different uh problems in society to be honest but our society societal understanding of depression desperation as a whole is just not we don't even recognize that that's normal that they're i guess because there's a whole group or a whole class of people that never feel desperation about anything i don't know Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But it's totally a normal thing. It's totally...
1: Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I mean... I feel like this is one of those things where there's so many factors that can play a role in Mm -hmm. someone getting to that point, right? I mean, obviously, Mm, there's... You know. And in order to address something like this, you have to you have to kind of attack that from all angles right you've got to look at that from all like you've got to look at all the different factors and we can't fix one and think that that's going to fix everything I feel like I'm being too vague and this isn't
0: making sense no I I mean I think well and that's the thing and you can't you can only start with trying to make it normal to talk about feeling lonely desperate alone Um, even if you don't if you aren't alone exactly because yeah and how do you put words to it and how do you the natural inclination I think for people is to just be like oh but you're not alone I'm here for you you know like to not to belittle it but to try to find a way to comfort and maybe you don't have to comfort them maybe you just have to sit with them in their aloneness yeah I mean I feel like that's
1: the number one, or sadness. The number one thing that people don't understand is like these. The way that they feel. Of of course, it's not really a hundred percent. I'm going to put air quotes around this word "valid" because, obviously, if they have someone to talk to, they aren't really, again, quote unquote, alone. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that that feeling is a hundred percent real for them, like that. Whether or not they have someone in their life, that doesn't change that overwhelming feeling of loneliness and sadness and yeah. whatever else. So you can't come at it with a rational line of thinking of, well, you've got me and you've got Susie and we're your friends. Like, that's that's not going to fix it. You need to, like, just right. physically be there to listen and support and guide them, hopefully, in the way of a professional that can help them. Because... At the end of the day, that's the best way to kind of deal with that.
0: Yeah, and I think even to just acknowledge that there's really – maybe there's really nothing you can do to help except for just be there with them and what they're feeling, not trying to talk them out of how they're feeling or prove to them or show them that.
1: I mean, I don't know. And definitely don't take it personally. I mean, I feel like that's easy for a lot of people. Like, well, that's not – you know, like, that's not fair. You have me. Yeah. That's – how is that going to help the situation at all in any way? I mean – so, okay. No, I mean, I don't know. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think um, there's a lot of resources out there now to find out how to help someone through it or to come up with things. And Kate and I are definitely not professionals. But it just... The whole point is that the, I, the slogans of just check-in um, are helpful. But additionally the person you're checking in on needs to want help also. Or yeah, or even to be able to yeah, put have a project feeling.
1: And I mean I feel like and that's I mean, again, I feel like how many episodes in a row can I bring this up? But like that's part of the problem with toxic masculinity, right? It's, like when men are put into a box and they feel like they can't talk about their feelings, the only feeling the only thing they're allowed to feel is like lust and anger. How on earth can they possibly verbalize that they're feeling depressed or sad or alone? They can't. That's a
0: weakness. But society as a whole, I mean, I would say not even masculinity because the whole, or toxic mass, we've grown away from intimacy among people. There are not people that you, in your, a lot of people don't share. Like, even the good things or their goals or, like, truly sharing a part of themselves with um least one person in their lives we've kind of gotten away from that or we've kind of become almost like you know all these isolated beings living amongst each other with social media which definitely takes any sort of real intimacy because you only see the good stuff for the most part uh and so as long as that uh is a is a problem as long as we keep moving away from having intimate relationships, and not that you need to be intimate with everyone. And I don't mean sexually intimate. Uh, vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, vulnerable. I think vulnerable is a
1: good word for it. You have to, you have to have friends that you are comfortable being vulnerable with, and you have to be a friend that if someone opens up and is vulnerable to you,
0: you. I mean, but like, how many people do you share? Let's just say, straight up, like, I have a ten-year goal of doing this let's just say the podcast. I had an idea. I wanted to do a podcast and, um, I didn't tell really anybody because Show me, right. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same, but I mean, it's just, there's that aspect of, you don't want to be judged. You, you like, but that's like yeah. something that was a big part of a goal that I had and something I wanted to do. And yet I didn't tell anybody. And once I started, I, I told some people, but, um, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just kind of a prime example like how many people know what your goals are that you're willing to let you willing to let them see you fail or confident that they're going to boost you up as you pursue this goal like those are I mean those are little things or like what you really wanted to be but now you're pursuing this other path because that's you know what's working out for you. I don't know. There's just so many things about our lives that we just yeah, don't, know. don't you're share. Getting a little too
1: close to home for me right now because <laughs> I am totally hitting my quarter life crisis in full blown effect, and <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna, what I want to do next. I mean, I know what I want to do, and I don't know how I'm gonna achieve it. So, like, skin a little too real. I don't know if I'm ready to continue that down that line of thinking. But you're right. How many
0: people have I told that I feel that way? One. Aside from you, I can literally think of one person, exactly. and I was drunk. And so I think that's the pro- that's the beginning of the problem. We don't share ourselves with people because we're afraid of being judged because it's easier to to put a happy face forward totally. because it's convenient. Like there is a mil- million reasons why, but the truth is that's part of the problem of not being able to check in and say if, if or if someone checks in with you to be able to say yeah, you know. I was working on this random goal that I never told you about, and now I realize that it's going to be harder than I thought, and I may never achieve it. And I in am in a pit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my opinion, as a person who, I don't know, struggles too. Like, I,
1: yeah, I don't know. I and mean, it's true. It's, yeah, I don't know. Vulnerability is scary.
0: Sharing ourselves because I think a lot of it too is where there's things we're not willing to admit to ourselves or totally we're so we're afraid of failure. I don't know. It's so complicated, but just something that I kind of thought about. Yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't know. I mean, you can see how it gets to this point, right? How that how it yeah. gets to this point of people feeling that total sense of desperation. It's kind of. um I mean, it's really sad that we live in that world.
0: Well, and I will, in this point, throw out a uh, the uh, statistic: the second leading cause of death is for ages ten to thirty-four in the United States. So it's not even twenty-four. Ten, 10 to thirty-four years old. Second leading cause of death. That's just crazy. It's
1: really tragic. I mean, it's you. I feel like I'm hearing stories constantly about these young kids. Even younger these days, I feel like, that are killing themselves or trying to kill themselves, and I mean, usually it's because they're being bullied at school, you know, when they're really young, or they're part of the LGBTQ community, and which is, I mean, a whole other issue that we would have to discuss. Like, anyways, and more of the teachers, and you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just the fact that anyone can be brought to that point of feeling like the world is a better place without them I mean just the world isn't a better place without anyone except for maybe Hitler I don't know I can
0: see how it's it's a a road to walk down like so many people don't acknowledge how you feel and then you feel like there's no it's like a you feel like there's no way out like things can just be stacked against you and just you just keep getting farther and farther down the rabbit hole
1: yeah
0: Yeah. It's hard to make somebody
1: like that see that it will get better. Because it will. I mean, it always will. Is that is that true? That's a sure thing? Yeah. It will get better. Everything is just temporary, right? I mean, like, suicide isn't going to solve your problem. Well, sort of does. <laughs> what sure. are you
0: doing? <laughs> What
1: are you doing right now? Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem.
0: Right, but you said it won't solve your problem. It is a solution of sorts. It creates a bigger problem. Right, but you don't know that.
1: You're dead. Are you advocating for suicide right now? What is this? Oh, not in the least. Jeez. Uh, I'm just saying... You're right. It's a shitty solution. Of course it's an option. Obviously, people choose it all the time. But... Uh, I, I read these things online about people who like hold on to the littlest things to make them to, to help them get through it right like one of them was talking about how like um some someone's dad or I, I don't even remember some blog online was talking about how some like their dad told them that um you know when they were younger they were feeling really depressed and was really considering suicide but the Hobbit hadn't come out yet and they really wanted to see, they they really wanted to read that book. They really wanted to know, like, what what was gonna happen. So they held on to it, like, they were like, I'll I'll wait till the book comes out, and then I'll read it, and then maybe yeah. I'll kill myself. And by then, you know, they were feeling better. So it's like the littlest things that you can hold on to that will make a difference, that will really help you. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: there there is nothing s- too small. Yeah, but I think it depends on what kind of depression you have. Like, there's there are some people that have a depression or are in a depressive state that they still have that, that window of like, oh, I can hold on to this. This will get me through. And other ones where there's just that concept doesn't even happen.
1: I mean, I feel like it, that they've gotten past that point. Like, they were at that point somewhere. Mm. And then things progressed and they passed that point Mm. like everyone is at that point for at least a day at some point you know I mean but I don't know I everybody has different um everyone's situation is unique and different obviously um but I think the most important thing is you got to get help
0: right let's talk about that there's a huge stigma around getting help huge and I don't know how you. There are some people that just really have strong feelings about those who need, who utilize help. Uh, why it's silly to get help. I'm not telling someone my personal stuff. I'm not telling someone about my problems. I mean, and there's
1: also the there's also the thinking of. Somebody has it worse than me. You know, so and so has it worse than me. So if they can get through that, then I don't need help because I could be in so much of a worse situation. And while that might be true, there's always somebody out there that has it worse than you. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't get help for yourself, too. It doesn't mean that everyone's struggle is different. You can't compare yourself to someone else and say... Why
0: are there whole groups of people who are unwilling to to get help? I mean, I don't have the answer, and I know you probably don't have the answer either, but I mean... It's not a simple fix, but it's just, we've got to change that. I mean, that's part of the big stigma, right? Even if you have someone you can talk to, getting actual professional help is a whole other thing, and people just don't do it.
1: I mean, I think that there's a lot of reasons. I'm seeing a lot of stuff come out right now, in particular about how difficult it is to get mental health support on college campuses. Yeah. I mean, that's, and those are the kids that are, clearly from the t- statistic you shared that are the most vulnerable
0: yeah um, yeah and um, there was a suicide on the campus of BYU University and after that I read an article about how just like that whole area is, has a shortage of uh, counselors or psychologists it, it just said it's, it's a countywide problem I think uh, for them, and I don't know if that's a trending problem throughout the United States, but that was. I mean, I definitely interesting saw interesting to me. I
1: definitely saw an article from another girl who said that um, she it was, you know, on Buzzfeed or something. Um, it took her campus four months to get back to her, like from her initial email about like I need mental health support. I mean, anything could have happened in those four months.
0: Fortunately, well, and the average is uh, they or the goal is, I don't know who sets this out, is to have one counselor slash therapist for every 1,000 students, and most schools are oper- operating at one to every 1,500 or higher.
1: One to every 1,000 does not even sound like
0: enough. It doesn't, but maybe there's some rhyme or reason to that. They can have more than one person. I mean, each their caseload can be bigger than more than one student, so... And then you sure, got to take in the percentage of students that are going to seek help. So there must be some sort of rhyme or reason to that number. It wasn't just like that was No, their totally. I, I understand, but, but I feel no, like I it should be even be higher than that.
1: Um, but I mean, yeah, that's that's really unfortunate.
0: There are a couple uh, resources that if we're going to talk about this topic, we want to send you to. There is seize the that has information in regards to talking to someone about how they're feeling, about depression. Essentially um, gives you the tool set for how you can check in with your how friends. How you can check in. So easiest it's pretty do cool. That. And I think that even somewhere have stickers or something that you can. And yeah. then there's the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, AFSP, uh, which Obviously, is Obviously, great... that doesn't work if you don't live in the United States. but You can still go to the website. Sure, yeah, but... You
1: know, um, I'm sure that if you live outside of the United States, you also have
0: other resources that I right. might not be aware of. I don't know. And I was a- unable to really pinpoint any statistics on suicide outside of the United States. And I feel like it's... I feel like a that's kind United of telling, States though. <laughs> epidemic. Um, I didn't search super hard, right? I our a little bit. because
1: our country is so isolated. I mean, like you were talking about.
0: Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, so AFSP is a great foundation. They raise money. People do. Uh, they have the Out of Darkness Walk, which we have participated in. Yeah, as a I did family. want to talk
1: about that. Um, that
0: Out of the Darkness Walk. Um, they, I'm pretty sure it's nationwide. Yes, they do um, them nationwide. You, you kind. Of, it's almost like the walk for cancer. What's that one where you raise money and you walk, and it's great because they. Usually, Not all of them, but usually you kind of start before the sun rises and you walk a mile or three miles, something. Some
1: of them you literally As, walk overnight, too. Yeah, like there you is You start an in the walk. evening
0: and then yeah. work, walk all night. But you, the sun rises, you know, which is sim- symbolic, and they have pictures. Everybody that participates put pictures of people that they are – like people who attempted or Come people that had their, have, have – have, a little,
1: a little, a little. Their loved ones that um, may have attempted or commit suicide. You can post their pictures. Yeah, with I think notes you're supposed and... to try to
0: get away from saying "committed suicide," so that's. I,
1: I did. Of... I did not know that. <laughs> what are words are you supposed to use?
0: Uh,
1: Educate. Died me by
0: suicide. I guess because committed by suicide, committed suicide was like a terminology that came when it was illegal to commit suicide. So if you tried, you would get arrested in addition mm. to being dealing with your emotional state uh, and so it's somewhat stigmatized uh, I see so you I had never died to suicide I, I didn't know yeah I only know read I that recently I probably I think from AFSP Why well you now I now I'll know I, can, I will do better so yeah they have pictures of survivors and then they always have a somewhat famous person who has you know lost a loved one to suicide or who uh, attempted suicide themselves I know one year it was Rita Moreno Uh, that spoke at the walk. But it's always a great experience and very emotional when you... Very emotional. Because the one thing that I really hit home the first time we did that walk was that literally there's... Suicide does not discriminate. It's all ages, all ethnicities, male, female, everyone. Like those pictures are just run the gamut. And it's just hard not to get emotional when you realize that it's a plague. Like it, it is something totally that true. affects so many different lives and in so many different ways. So, uh, if you need help, get help. Uh, there are several. Uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1 800 273 8255. You can also text C's, as in C's the Awkward, at 741741. So, those are some helps and we'd love to hear from you if you wanted to share any of your experiences with the out of the darkness walks or your thoughts on a star is born because obviously we had lots of feelings about it and if you want to discuss suicide um, and how that has affected your life you want to say anything else Kate on a lighter note if you also want to talk about whether or not you think Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are
1: really in love you can send us an email (laughs) we'll talk about that too um, but yeah I agree with everything my mom
0: just said yeah or even if you're an Arrow fan Aaron Arrow and Felicity I'll spill the tea <laughs> alright uh, love you guys thanks for listening bye bye The song you're listening to is called Can Can 2, and it's by Dave Depper. You can find him at DaveDepper.com, and we got the song from the Free Music Archive. No funny stuff today, but in listening and editing this episode, I just wanted to say that there was a point where I was trying to make, and we got a little sidetracked, but I did want to say that I know that for some people it doesn't always get better or it's not so easy to get better their circumstances or life may be that it's just always going to be hard work to stay uh, positive and that their mental health or depression is going to be continuous long-term battle and so i wanted to just point that out that i see you and i understand that and i hope that you do find ways to where you can look back and feel like things get better But it seems very easy and oversimplified to just fall on that trope. While in so many perspectives it is true, but I do know that it could be a long, hard road. And you can't get through it without friends and help, so please find your resources that we mentioned or another one and get whatever help you need. Here's to a brighter tomorrow.